so um, we're recording this obviously before the election, so we ought to cover every eventuality, exactly. really. Exactly. Well, that was a surprise, wasn't it? It was a massive was congratulations huge. to Jeremy. Uh, yeah. Extremely yeah. well thought. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be, uh, well, uh, that turned out pretty much as everyone expected. Uh, so she was absolutely right. Yes, to, it turns know, out she was. Call right. the election and get the <laughs> increased majority. Yeah. Or nobody expected the Queen to step in and take ultimate control again. No, no, it's a shock for us all. But I think, but I think, I think it's but right. With good reason. It's yeah. good reason. Yeah, yeah. That should cover it, I think. Well, uh, welcome to uh, episode 18 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast, and we're on location. We are indeed. We are sitting in, uh, in Joe's lovely garden in Worthing. In the sunshine. Yeah, don't move the paper around because no, it I'm makes going a heck to. of a noise. Well, it doesn't matter. Look, we're outside. There's going to be bird songs. There's going to there be is a lot of things bird going songs. on. What? Listen a little there bit of paper Should moves. we listen to the bird songs for just yes. a moment? It's a wren. It's a dog. <laughs> dog bird. <laughs> and I suppose the other thing to say is we're recording this on the morning, uh, Sunday morning. We just heard the news of another terrible atrocity in London. Indeed. Uh, and our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone mm-hmm. involved. Um don't really know what to say about it. No, so. I don't. It's depressing and it doesn't make you feel like being all comedic uh, anything mm. else, really. No. Yeah. May our hearts go out to people. What more can you say? It's a strange phrase, our hearts go out, doesn't it? But you know exactly yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So the election has happened. And, yes. Uh, How thrilled and excited. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was really interesting. Um, Ethel, sadly... Yeah. Lost her deposit. I heard. She lost it several times, in fact. Yeah. The, the mm. last time over the head of the Tory candidate. So that was... <laughs> made, uh, <laughs> that made the, the, the announcement rather exciting for everyone. Anyway, so she's, 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 she's leaving politics to spend more time with her family. Yeah. You know? yeah. She hasn't got any family, obviously, but you know, <laughs> she's going to find just a family and spend more time with them, whether they like yeah. it or not. Um, uh, right, uh, what else have we... Uh, oh, we had a competition, didn't we? We did have a competition. Do you oh. want to do the competition winners now? So, um, what I would say is Gareth from the competition said, in a midlife crisis, you get a motorbike. In a mid-faith crisis, you get this podcast. At least you're less likely to kill yourself in mid-faith. I quite like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's going on the website. Okay. <laughs> and, and then... Uh, uh, well, well, Naomi said this. this is, I think this is our winner. Do you it? think so? Yes, okay, yes. so here's the winner. It's from Naomi, and she says, Your podcast is so effective, it's actually caused my mid-faith crisis. <laughs> I was worshipping quite happily, observing near revivals, until tuning in to you guys. So thank you. I would appreciate any giveaway of any book written by anyone called Dave. Well, there we are. Thank you, well, Naomi. That's Naomi. The winner, if you, isn't it? Um, Naomi, if you want to let me have your uh, address... No, don't uh, let Nick have your address, I would suggest. <laughs> and on to this very... Touchy subject. Ooh, okay, okay, right, dear okay, listeners. Right. So what's been happening is you've done a little bit of promotion, and so people are going back to podcast one, and uh, and listening to that one, and they're yeah. working their way through. And of course, we didn't make it clear enough in the first episodes that you should never write to Nick. 
if you want a reply, you should only write to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Uh, that's joe at midfaithcrisis.org. But what's happened is people over the months, some poor, unsuspecting people, have written to you, mm. which they shouldn't have done. Because now we have people who maybe have stopped listening due to the lack of pastoral support and care offered by you, Nick Page. Mm, mm, okay. How do you plead? Um, I just plead it's a nice sunny day, isn't it? And I'm very busy and uh, I'm just enjoying my time here, really. I, well, <laughs> I, d- well, yes, I know. And I'm superbly not very, dodged. I'm not very good Prime at it. Prime Minister. What I would say is this. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is this. I offer a strong and stable podcast. What about this podcast? Well, well, yeah, this is not this podcast. Obviously, it's another one. Um, Yes, I'm sorry about that. If you didn't get reply, Uh, I kind of always assume that Joe gets copies of things and and he does all that, you know, pretending to care nonsense. Whereas I can't be bothered. I've broken my nail. Will you? I don't care about that. Will you concentrate on casting your pod? And not All right, let's just well, let us continue to cast pods then. And any more? So, Thank well you. done, Naomi. Yes, uh, let us know your address, and we'll get that book to yes. you. So, any more feedback? Uh, yeah, we had one from uh, a chap called Nick, actually, coincidentally, yeah. uh, well who describes himself as WTF, which I assume means what the fundamentalist. Uh, he uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he wrote a very entertaining thing. I was slightly. Uh, I was slightly put out that he said that I, my more enlightened fluff extre- he found my more enlightened fluff extremely annoying. Hmm. Oh, ah, well, oh, you know, okay. <laughs> one does one's best. <laughs> but he did finish with a few kind comments. He's as a man well. of discernment. <laughs> exactly. So thanks, Nick, for writing in. Appreciate that. Um, Paul said, uh, the, "Dear Joe Nick, thanks for another refreshing podcast. I've always felt uncomfortable aligning myself with this denomination or that theology. I don't like being labelled, and I don't like label makers. And don't even get me started on judgmental people." <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you, Paul, for that. <laughs> that would be great if you labelled people. You're a label maker. That's what I hate. I'm labelling it. Yeah. And then here's here's an email written several months ago from Judy. Oh, Shame on you. Uh, having been in this mid-faith crisis situation for a while, I would love to hear when one can contact others who are having the same sort of experience and then says, please reply soon before it's too late. No, you shouldn't. But I'm just pointing out. And actually, that, that's that theme that comes through again. People have said, oh, how can we, how can we get together yeah. with others? And uh, <laughs> I think uh, all I would say is gather your friends. Mm. and talk about these things. I, I, I don't have any more than that. There is no database. There is no database of people having a mid-faith crisis, but I can assure you people are all over the place. So maybe someone has to be vulnerable enough to start the conversation. Yeah, uh, indeed. And then we got this great one from someone who uh, who wishes to be known as Bob, although I suspect this is not their... I don't in fact, think we ever call anyone Bob. We should call whoever that is Dave. Dave. So, <laughs> okay, so, let's hear from Dave. This is from Dave, who says... Uh, thanks for your podcast. It makes a lot of sense in a crazy way. Mm, a bit rude. Uh, on this week's podcast, the, uh, which is last week's, of course, this bit about feeling angry really resonated with me. Talking about labels, one particular set of labels I find annoying are introvert and extrovert. Obviously, there are people who are extrovert and introvert or have tendencies one way or the other, and both are essential in a community. What's annoying are the assumptions people make about you once you've been given the label. I'm an introvert, so people assume I always look inward. I'm shy, or I always want to be on my own, or not talk to anyone. This isn't the case. I get lonely. I love meeting people and chatting. I'd just rather not do it in a big group. 
extroverts I've spoken to face assumptions that they will always be the life and soul of the party, never need time alone and have endless energy. Introvert always feels a bit negative, and extrovert something to aspire to. And these kind of labels can be damaging if the science behind them isn't understood. No, that's a great email. It's a fantastic email, and I entirely um, sort of resonate and empathise with that because, you know, as somebody who's, you know, what's that Myers Briggsy thing? You know, kind of introvert. You know, I'm a WTF on that. Are you? A lot of people have said that about me. And um, no, I, I kind of, um, you know, I'm right in the middle between sure introvert. It's an official category. It is. It is. You've done the Myers Briggs test. I'm afraid you're an LOL. <laughs> I did not add things. There are a number of people. <laughs> anyway, carry yeah, on. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I did the Myers Briggs test, and, and, you know, right in the middle of in, introvert and extrovert, I kind of can. can you can swing both ways. I could swing both ways in so many ways. And um, I, uh, you know, I, I'm quite introverted, really, but I can do all the extrovert stuff, and then people assume kind of stuff about, about you. Um, yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. And I, I, remember, I remember a famous moment when I was at Spurgeon's, and the, uh, we had to, when, when we were there, it was a good preaching college. It really was, it, I assume it still is, a genuinely good preaching college. And... You know, we had to submit um, sermons we'd done or talks we'd done to be to be assessed. And I remember sending mine. And I didn't sort of wait for you know, like my best one. I thought, with integrity, I will offer the last one I did. So right. I offered the last one, and it was a talk at a, I think it was a youth camp or something like that that they happened to record. So I submitted it, and uh, and it. I really got dressed down. I mean, it was just awful. And uh, and I think in, in class, the lecturer said, you know, where's the effect of, I don't know why Joe bothered putting this in. So, so I stormed to their office in not one of my better moods. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I had a go, and I, and I, I think I... You know, I probably ended up crying, you know, right. anyway. And, and and the guy apologised and, you know, said, and, and said, uh, I had no idea you would feel like that. You always seem to be so happy in the life and soul of the party. Yeah. And I'm thinking, no, hang on. <laughs> so that means that means it's OK to dress <laughs> me down yeah, publicly and nobody else. The lesson from that is anyone <laughs> who's enthusiastic, have a go at them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, and I think, you know... <laughs> Well, I had a great relationship with this lecturer yeah. afterwards, but it was the beginning of, I think, you know, a real honest relationship. Yes, yeah. I think this email is so, so important, and it, again, it just cuts back to what you were saying last week. We have to see people as individuals. We mm. may need labels to help mm. us navigate the world, but everyone is so different. And yes, you may see someone think, wow, what an extrovert, but just know they've got introvert tendencies yes, in there yes. and, you know, vice versa. Everyone is a you and not an it. Um, what Dave wrote in the email there is, uh, uh, was great. And um, Dave talks about um, the bit about feeling angry. Yeah. And I thought it would be good to pick up on that this week. About You talked quite a lot about anger. When we were talking about labels, you, you yeah. talked quite a lot about anger. But then you were very deeply angry person deep down I don't don't even think it's like far hulk, below like the surface sitting next to the hulk <laughs> <laughs> actually it's like sitting next to the hulk in a number of ways <laughs> thank you in size 
uh, intelligence. And anyway, no, the. <laughs> but I thought we could talk about anger, really, um, because it is one of the things that uh, certainly as you get on in years. Well, I don't think exclusively, but you you know there, there's a grumpiness, a surliness, an anger that kind of is is often there. Yeah. Um, born, I think of of a number of factors you know it's it's about frustration it's about a sense of powerlessness it's about a sense of things not turning out as you thought they might turn out yeah um it's it's also about a sense of just looking at the world and seeing things that you 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 yeah. you don't like that are wrong you yeah. know well um, yeah. so i wanted to kind of explore when is anger good when is it bad yeah. how do we how do we actually how do we negotiate how do we and, and, deal and with sort it? of as an aside um you know i i thought the response in Manchester to the last atrocity was extraordinary yeah. and, and, and very encouraging, you know, that kind of spontaneity and, you know, singing, don't look back in anger. And oh. It felt like the people of Manchester were, were making a real choice. They knew that they could allow anger to divide them as a community. And just, they were making this sort of emphatic statement mm. using that song, which is interesting, isn't it? Mm. To say, no, we're not, this you know, Muslims are a part of our community and we mm. won't be divided over this because we understand that these people are extremists and terrorists and they've just got no place among us mm. and we're not going to divide over this. And I thought that's probably the healthiest response I've ever seen publicly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anger, you know. anger never... It's a kind of luxury, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a... It's a, it, it, it's a... It's a kind of rush to it. You know, in every, you, you you both rush to anger, but but also there is a kind of emotional yeah. rush to it, and and it never leads to good ju- decisions. You know, so to right. actually act in anger is never leads yeah. to, to to good decisions. I don't think, and yet that's the constant urge at the moment. You know, that, that we've got an underlying anger, rightly, at what's happening, but and so we want to do something. Something yeah. must be done. Yeah. Let's find somebody and lock them up. You know, there's yeah. internal yeah, people. Yeah, there's, there's that knee jerk. Yeah, it never leads to good decisions. So when is it when is it right to feel anger? Do you think? You see, on the one hand, you you know we we've got those well rehearsed lines of the Sermon on the Mount going around our brains. We don't know he rehearsed them. No, no, he might have just come out straight out. With them. <laughs> <laughs> it might be ad libs. But, but I, I I sort of think. Uh, you know, even that question is sort of can can set up an unhealthy relationship to emotions. You know, is anger right? And I just do. Do you have to judge any emotion as right or wrong, or or is it just it? The point is, it's an emotion, and it's part, your emotional life is part of who you are. So there are two things there. One, you were talking about, you know, acting on it. Yeah. Okay. You, you know, on the one hand, you're saying, hang on. Uh, you know, don't act on, in anger because you're, you're going to end up making decisions that, you know, are not not the best decisions or that you will regret or that just, yeah, won't be good. But, but actually recognising and owning anger is is part of the process to diffusing it and allowing it to pass. So it's kind of a two-part two thing. I mean, you're... You... To, to, to sort of identify, to recognise, to see that anger, yeah, say, I mean, to recognise that anger in yourself, and then to d- 
to find a way to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying. But most of us, I mean, that sounds great in practice. No, no, in no, theory. no. I'm not a psychotherapist, and I'm not trying to really? be all fluffy. And, no, no. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> I see psychotherapists. I don't. I am not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not technically qualified, but I like to <laughs> yeah, exactly. meddle in people's psyche. Exactly. I, no. So, so I, you know. So, for example, I think it's very easy to associate anger with you know shouting yes. and aggression. Yeah. But does anger always have to be expressed in that way? No, so I think you can be angry about something, and I think I think what you were suggesting about you know don't act on it. No, no, reflect on it. Yeah. Learn from it. What's what's a more balanced view? Um, and work with, and then express that anger in a in a far healthier, more balanced, more I guess self-controlled way. You know, that's the way. Through. I mean, you just think about your own relationship or marriage relationship. You know, like not going to be very healthy for your marriage if you get mad with each other it's great to going into the bird box just you know two meters from my head that's it's great a, isn't it it's a very beautiful thing oh. ah the young have hatched look you can hear them nice anyway um i completely forgot your <laughs> anger has been diffused by my a, anger a bird is flying into the bird box well the, the case in point nature tends to do that doesn't it? yeah well i suppose what i was trying to say is that really when something when with, with, an, with an emotion as strong and as powerful as anger, generally, it's very hard for us to step back at that point and go, right, I'm not, I'm not going to indulge that. Yeah. Um, no, I know what I was saying. But I think, there, I, I think yeah. there are disciplines that we can do, I yeah. guess, that kind of train you in, in yeah. that, maybe. So, so I don't, don't know how it works in your marriage, but occasionally, I think it's fair to say, Rachel gets angry with me. No, no I, I, I... Why I, would you get angry I, with me? I can't understand I don't that. know. Uh, I'm baffled. So you know she she's learned the tactics. You know she works me. She knows. Uh, you know bellowing and hollering just creates defensiveness yes. in me, and she wouldn't do that anyway. And and I've learned this with her as well. That that the way we want to be together is you, you know we want to talk about things, but there are times when you just can't. You know the anger's so on the surface you right. can't talk about it. Dreadful relationship with Paul. Do you know I've been married thirty-three years to this month? I know. Anyway, poor woman. So, so what you learn in in your marriage relationships, I think, is actually timing is really perfect. Yeah. Creating space is important. Time to talk, oh. and if you're wise, you talk about the difficult things, and you pepper it with lots of love and lots of encouragement. And then what happens is you you resolve the difficulties. And it takes a lifetime, doesn't it? it takes, well, at least 33 years to kind of, you know, work on these things in my experience. But you learn a way of what's the kind way, what's a loving way, what's a way to navigate through the particular issue. And I suspect that's what we, we have to do with most of our relationships. But sometimes, like, you know, the driver who cuts you up mm. in the, you know, on the way to work. I mean, sometimes, I don't know about you, but... I, I'm not really one of life's great swearers. I mean, only on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But when I'm angry, of course, that's when, you know, sometimes those things go. And I'm often quite shocked. And I remember uh, someone uh, said to me, if you want to know someone's spiritual health, 
observe them driving. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's like absolutely. because then you will find out the real state of that yes. heart. And I must say, I, I experienced that to be true. Well, I think that's true. I know, you know Because you're sort of off, you're off duty in your own yes. car yes. and you feel like you're sort of king of your own kingdom there. And how dare anyone... Yes infringe on that and of course it's quite interesting the way so what, <laughs> what we were doing last week the way you label people as well because there's nearly always yeah. somebody in an Audi or a BMW yeah, right. okay? so a label white van man or and you know. of course they are idiots yes you know that's, yes. that's 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 yes. the label you don't really I, I suspect what's actually happening and why you can't go I wonder why they're in such a hurry or I hope it's not an emergency that they're mm. off to or you, you know you don't I, I tend not to cut that sort of slack in the heat of the moment they're just an idiot who's you know the labels out the angers out and everything and I suspect the reason for that is nothing to do with a bad driver on the road I suspect it is just revealing the anxiety that's in my own heart and suddenly this dear innocent person who's just driven badly in front of me can now give me a safe vent yes indeed to really Absolutely. let out what's going on I found this, inside this is one of the reasons why um i stopped going to see football very much i went to i went to a watford match years ago i'm a supporter <laughs> yeah, of watford. remember it well no not that one <laughs> Oh, that was, yeah, we'll talk about that occasion another time. But I, I went to a Watford match, and uh, it was a Tuesday, you know, midweek yeah. match. Uh, and I went there, and this guy arrived next to me in the stands, and he was dressed in a suit. You know, he obviously come straight from work. Right. And he started, his rage started before kickoff. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> I couldn't understand how you could be get angry in the warm-up. <laughs> but he was absolutely... Rage-filled, furious yeah. with the whole thing. Everything was, you know, there were targets of his anger. Mm. And I remember standing next to him watching the veins throb on his head and thinking, I don't want to be here, but also thinking, what is going on in his life yeah. that he, he, he has this? Now, in a way, you could say, well, perhaps one of the things football offers is a, is a safe vent for that. Maybe it is just that sheer tribalism but, of the You event. know, yeah, maybe it does. Yeah. But even so, it, it's, it, it's, it said much more about him than it did about the team. I think the driving thing is interesting because I think a lot of what fuels our anger there, for, certainly for me, I get very angry or used to get very, very angry in traffic jams. That mm. was the worst thing. I'm trying mm. to get somewhere going in a traffic jam. I mean, coming yeah. down here, I avoided this time the yeah. M25, yeah. but yeah. many uh, many an hour has been spent <laughs> yes, on the M25 indeed. in a traffic jam. So angry because yeah. my my yeah. plans were being thwarted. The loss of control. And, I, and yeah. just powerless. And nothing you could do about it. What I've tried to do with with a kind of variable, variable success is to actually take the the car as a kind of place of transformation, a place of spiritual transformation, and deliberately mm. not get angry. Yeah. You know, and deliberately, you know, get, sit in a so traffic jam and just go, yeah. right, I'm not going to get angry because there is nothing I can do about this. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I, and and so and the funny thing is that the places, if we can identify the places of that yeah. trigger our anger, we can also use yeah. them for a, an amount of transformation, amount yeah, of change. Absolutely. Because I think the other thing I found about anger is that the more angry you let yourself be, the angrier you get as a person generally, I think. In my experience for oh, myself, okay. you know, that it feeds on itself. Yeah. So that if you yeah. if you turn into yeah. a person who routinely sort of swears at people or gets really yeah. angry, um, 
you will... lets it go. It'll actually create a desire to be more, and it, it doesn't go away. It just gets more and more and more, and you get you get angry yeah. as a person. Uh, by exercising self-control on it, by sort of yeah, almost exactly. a fasting kind of thing, yeah. you, I think you can actually bring that yeah, down. Yeah, and I think that's a good reason not to swear, or at least to save swearing for the very special occasions. When it gets a laugh. Now <laughs> <laughs> a, a very wise and together friend of me said, you know, a well-timed F-word, <laughs> you know, can actually be extremely cathartic. Yeah, well, and it, at the time, I was shocked to hear this. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the kind of thing you expect an archbishop to say. No, it? it's I'll not. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think but it's, I, it, I, th- I do think that you kind of indulge in it, and it it actually becomes a root habit. Anger can become a habit, just like any of the other. But one uh, one of the things that struck sins. me, I mean, you know, going into ministry as a younger minister and being in the church was there were you know the church meeting, oh. and to witness the anger yes. on show there, and to realise that these people have you know been Christians yeah. for however many years. And they were still so angry. And their yes. faith obviously hadn't touched that. And I, th- I think that's what, again, started the whole journey into spiritual formation. And, uh, right. d- d- you know, looking again, I suppose, re-looking at the teachings of Jesus and saying, well, do we just believe stuff about Jesus? Or do we actually take his teaching seriously and try and integrate it in and train? As And it's back, this is back over old, old ground that I know we've talked about before but you know i remember that spiritual practice that you know sort of speaks into this where you go to the supermarket and you find the longest queue to stand that is so countercultural yeah. for me you know like i go to the supermarket i want the shortest yes. queue yeah. the least people and everything and it it is strangely it, it really arrests you in the middle of your life to say this time even though i've got many things i'm going to do that i want to do i'm going to find i'm going to seek out the longest I'm queue. slow down and I'm gonna and I'm gonna be aware of the people around me, and I'm gonna t- and try it, listeners. If you haven't done this, I'm, I've done this uh, several. I've led these kind of exercises several times, and people come back with the most amazing stories because it they stop being stressed in mm. the middle of the supermarket. It's a choice. Mm. It can be done. Come back to the church meeting thing. I just yeah. I, there's something that occurs to me, and, I, and maybe it links also with the football thing. Is there a danger, do you think, in the mid faith crisis that actually one of the reasons? one of the ways we use church for example is yeah. as a kind of vent to go and get angry it's like the bad driver yeah, yeah. in yeah. other words that the, yeah. um, it, it kind a of vent for we, all your some, frustration there's stuff going on in our lives yeah that uh, certainly the church I'm not letting the church yeah. off the hook might have contributed yeah. to in a, in a way yeah but that there's a wasp <laughs> going on um, but there's stuff going on in our lives and but that, that actually church gives us a really good place to go and fume yeah for a while yeah, you know, know, and then we can all get together and do what we used to talk about. You know, get a bit of power whinging afterwards. And, <laughs> power you know, whinging, you know, yeah. <laughs> offer a helpful critique of the sermon <laughs> that is barbed with all kinds of yeah. little, little yeah. vitriol. Um, you know, I, I do think that's a that that, that there's a, a a way in which we use we can use church wrongly in in the sense of almost luxuriating. Yeah, and, and particularly church as the institution. Yes, I think that's indeed. what you're referring yeah, to, yeah. or the service. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, you can just rip it apart, and it's it is like being in your car, Master of the Kingdom. You know, I can safely now, yeah, uh, you know, vent all my inner angst, and I, I've now got a focus for it all. And so we do so it all then the it time, comes on it? to the, the question yeah. of, well, okay, what's the right response? How do we how do we fix things? So in part of my 
work, obviously I see many injustices, many things that make me very, very angry. Mm. And in fact, writing history, frankly, you know, when I when I look back at the way that Christians have behaved, yeah. part of why, yeah. to be honest, part of why I enjoy writing history is to give a good kicking to all the villains. Yeah, you know, sure. Without ever really acknowledging that probably had I been there at the time, I'd have been sort of writing yeah, up lovely, lovely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> been employed. Let's get Nick in to write a great chronicle about me. You know, <laughs> think, ah, Constantine, what a great man. Um, you know, uh, so, uh, but, um, so I see a lot of stuff that makes me very, very angry. And um, how do I channel that? You know, how do I actually make sure that's um, worked out correctly? I suppose one of the ways is, is, is exactly that, pause. The other thing is actually to do the countercultural thing, to, to deliberately pray for the perpetrators. Because I think yeah, that's, that's really hard. True. You and don't feel like doing it. Right. You don't want them to have... I don't want people... If I'm genuine, I don't want these people to have a good... Uh, life. I want you know something mm. like a large piano to fall on them out of space yeah. for no apparent reason. I want bad things to happen. Yep. I, I want something bad to happen, but actually, if I can do the counter, it's the it's the spiritual equivalent of standing in the longest queue. I suppose yeah. the prayer equivalent of standing in the longest queue. It's like deliberately praying for mm. people who've done yeah. bad yeah. things. Yeah. You know, um, loving your enemies is really. I, th- I, I, I think that anger is is a part of life. I sometimes think in our culture we are trained to get angry quickly. Well, I mean, social it, media has fueled I, that enormously, I think hasn't so. it? And we don't want to come across as old gits, but I mean, it, well, too I, late for I, that. I, yeah, I, I, I would say social media has fueled it. So we're so quick to judge, so quick to give an opinion, so quick, and it just creates such anger. And if someone says something slightly offensive they must lose their job Someone's, yes they must pay Some, they must go they must must no, be I'll, punished yeah you know, i don't want to defend the terrible things people say but you know we do live in a land of free speech and i kind of like that um and i you know i i do think that we've got to find a way and particularly in mid, the middle of our lives and particularly in mid-faith of processing our anger in more healthy ways and I, I think the healthiest way <laughs> one of the healthiest ways is 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 having friends and and places of real honesty where you can share that isn't that isn't that where the most healing happens in in relationships I think, so. I think the other place that it, the other thing that that can offer amongst Christian friends um, well actually amongst anyone is that you can also vent anger at God yeah. So, you know, the Bi- one of the great things in the Bible is that yeah. a lot of people get very angry at We've God. We've got permission. Yeah. yeah. And, God can and, handle it. And he can handle that. And, and I suppose, ultimately, although it operates along slightly different lines, that the things you talked about in the beginning when you talked about your relationship with um, oh, whoever she is, that yeah. woman who you're married to, um, it's, it's the same principles re- apply in a way that you can, that it's all about a relationship. Yeah. It's all about honesty within that relationship with 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 God people feel that being angry with God is is uh, is disloyalty or doubting yeah. or yeah. Uh, you know a lack of faith yeah I just and, think and it's life I think it's human think life because they've got the Bible yeah, and know. they've got the Psalms and they've got people saying just kill me take me I hate everything yes. about this life yes. and they, why you know, did you do this yeah and why do you do this yeah and, and why don't you just go kill all these evil people? Yes. And, you know, we've got that in the Bible. Yeah. And yet we feel like, oh, no, we can't get angry with God. Well, of course we have. Yeah. You know. But, I, but I, I think what I'd like to say, what I would say... What I would say, thank <laughs> you, Prime Minister, <laughs> is, is this. Please, 
firstly, one of the things in mid-faith crisis, you feel can feel so lonely. You're the only person yeah. who's ever got angry. You're the only, and and I think what I want to say to 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 the people who are tuning in is, you are not alone. Mm. And and in a strange way, even through us casting our pod, we're trying to say you, you know, you, you do matter. You are you are amongst friends, and and please do write in. Actually, if you write to me, they get a reply. Just 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 a point of order, and also, um, you know, this this anger thing is is really real in in mm. mid faith. Mm. It's really real, and and I think this is one of the most important themes we are have covered on this podcast because how you deal with that anger really is going to determine the quality of your life from here on in you can stay angry and you will become grumpier and grumpier and more and more unhappy and just leaving church and never going to church again i don't think is going to bring the long-term happiness that you perhaps think it will no, I agree. Uh, I, I think I, I, so. Yeah. We need to find a way through this this big this big issue, and there's lots to say about, it and there's probably quite a few good books we could. Bring well, let's, let's. I mean, I think this is a topic we'll certainly um, pick up again at some point. Um, basically, the next time we're angry. With yeah, other, which but please write in because what we're doing with these podcasts is we started off with this idea. Oh, we we'll cover all these really big subjects and everything, and I think now what we feel is, it, it, is this right? <laughs> we want it to be a bit more responsive to what people say so we are guided by your emails to us and well, the kind not. of things you pick up well nick obviously isn't but i am <laughs> and i influence nick yes you do actually <laughs> yeah. well i'm going to influence you breakfast so now. yes uh, so um so what time is it it's about oh. time for breakfast oh uh, well it's really i see a near breakfast <laughs> it's 24 minutes past eight the sun is beating down it's a lovely uh, um, morning here it's easy to think that the, the sit here and think everything's right with the world. We know everything is yeah. not right with the world this morning. Indeed, no. Um, so our prayers go out to anyone um, who's anxious or fearful or uh, angry um, today. Yeah, well said. Um, God bless you all. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. We will indeed. Cheers.